You're listening to a Corridor Business Journal podcast. This is Tom Selig. I'm a senior vice president of a bank. I used to be a lawyer. I like to make connections, and sometimes amazing things happen. That's what this podcast is about, when the magic happens. On today's episode, my guest is Ryan Heyer, who is a city administrator of North Liberty. Ryan and I have been friends for a number of years. He's a bit younger than me, but uh, we sort of connected, and he's going to share his story of uh, North Liberty and what things are happening up there in his uh, hobbies and his family. A lot of people have probably seen uh, the development that's happening out by the new high school. Uh, that's a result, of course, of the high school, but uh, because the city invested upwards of $10 million out there in water, sewer, and roads, and it's seen growth on, on both uh, the east and west side right now. So stick around. We'll be right back. This episode of Tom's New Best Friend is brought to you by West Bank a community bank since 1893, providing full-service banking and trust services to businesses and consumers, nationally recognized by Raymond James as a top-performing community bank, prioritizing community, responsive to local needs. West Bank, member FDIC. Well, welcome to my new podcast. This is Tom Sulek, and I'm excited to have Ryan Heyer today. As my new best friend, uh, actually, Ryan is sort of an old best friend, though he's sort of young. Um, Ryan and I have worked together for a number of years and have become sort of friends, and um, he's done a great job as uh, the leader of North Liberty. So, Ryan, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for the invite, and thanks for referring to me as kind of young. Yeah. (laughs) Well, from my perspective, you're very young, but... uh, Tell us briefly about just North Liberty, how you got there, how long you've been there as the administrator. Sure. Uh, actually, I've been here now just over 13 years. Uh, I've been in city management for about 20 years. Uh, started my career in Elkader, Iowa. Uh, followed that with a six-year stint in Eagle Grove, Iowa, and, and now I've been here 13 years. So uh, right out of college, got into to local government and had a hard time uh, going any other direction. Oh, great. Now, where did you grow up? I am an Iowa boy. I grew up in Manchester, uh, just, you know, 60 miles north of here. And actually, my dad was the city manager there in Manchester for uh, over two decades. And then are you a Hawkeye? You go to Iowa? I'm not a Hawkeye in terms of uh, where I graduated from. College, I actually am a Panther, went to UNI. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, but I'm a lifelong Hawkeye fan, and that was one of the reasons uh, that it was so attractive to get back over here. Stephanie and I and my wife wanted to get back over to Hawkeye country so we could be uh, more in the loop with uh, with Hawkeye sports. Well, if we have time today, we can talk about your, your expertise like in football. I know um, sometimes Ryan and I will text during Iowa football games, and occasionally – Ryan thinks he's uh, smarter than the Iowa football staff on offense play calling, that maybe Ryan could have a role there giving advice to the coaches. Is that right, Ryan? Uh, that is just not true at all. Uh, I, I would never <laughs> second-guess any of our coaches. Well, I'm glad you got that clarified for me. So I uh, I must have misread some of those texts occasionally. Yeah, I think you did. <laughs> yeah. Okay. 
Okay, well, tell me about uh, your family a little bit, uh, your wife Stephanie, your children, what, what they're up to, and what's going on there. Sure. Uh, well, uh, I have been married to Stephanie for 20-plus years now. Uh, we actually are high school sweethearts, uh, but we didn't go to the same high school. We were in a uh, – she went to Pocahontas, Iowa. I went to Manchester, West Delaware. We were better than four hours away, but – we met at state wrestling, and uh, and um, I guess things just worked out. Uh, and so Stephanie's a nurse at the University of Iowa, and we have two children. Tanner is 20 and is currently uh, uh, working uh, in the concrete field. Uh, he's actually just got home from Texas this weekend. He was on a project down there. And then uh, our daughter Ellie is a freshman uh, at Liberty High. She's 15. Uh, and her life revolves around volleyball at the moment. Well, good. Well, I've met both your children. They're great kids, and Tanner I know was a great student in high school, but he got the bug that maybe he wanted to um, go into the business world right away and um, took the hard road working in the concrete business. I do respect that, but apparently that's gone well. Is that right? It, it has, and, you know, uh, a friend of ours, Mark Nolte, I've heard him say a number of times that, uh, you know, we need more kids in the trade, and I was, a, uh, I was you know, I believe that wholeheartedly, but it's a little bit different when it's your kid, uh, interestingly. And uh, uh, Tanner was a, a great student, uh, in fact, was accepted to, the, uh, to Iowa State, of all places, to go into aerospace engineering, uh, and then did a U-turn on us. Uh, he is really happy and enjoying what he's learning, and uh, uh, we're we're happy for him. And and he's uh, he's making some good money and uh, hopes to grow with the company. And and uh, I, I I believe it was the right move for him. I guess obviously he's now learned a skill. I mean, a true skill. I mean, pouring concrete is a technical job and lots of chances to make mistakes. So he must be pretty confident now. Yeah, I think so. And um, he he's he's he has uh, done well with with the company, and he's he's pointed out a couple projects that he could take on at our house. And so hopefully this spring I'll have a new driveway, uh, <laughs> and uh, it it will only cost me the concrete. I'm hoping. <laughs> well, yeah, I hope so too. Now tell me about Ella. I haven't seen her for a, a year or two, but she was um, a lively young person, uh, a lot cheerful, lots of energy. Is that? Is that continued? It has. Uh, she's she has got a lot of spit and fire in her, and um, she's a competitor. Uh, and uh, her mother will often say that um, she, her and I spend too much time together uh, because uh, we're I think we're a lot alike in in certain areas. We work out together six days a week, uh, and um, she is. She, one of my, that's probably my, my favorite time of the day every day is when her and I get to spend an hour together in the gym. Uh, and actually my favorite times are riding to and from the gym because we get to, I get to better understand what's going on in her day. So yeah, she is a, she's a ball of energy. Uh, most days it's positive energy, uh, but she is a, a teenager. And so <laughs> there are days where some of that energy is a little bit negative and, 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 uh, that's okay as well. Now, are you still trying to keep an eye on her social life? I mean, are you, do you monitor her, her boyfriend situation? How's that going? I've given up. I've given up on that. Uh, I've asked. Uh, Stephanie is, is much better uh, 
<laughs> equipped to handle that, uh, yep. both from a social media standpoint and from a temperament standpoint. Uh, I don't have any social media. I take that back. I have one social media platform, and that's called GrandPad, and it's a it's a, it's a, a device that my grandmother has. She's 90 years old, and it's a way for her to uh, keep keep in contact with her grandkids. That's the only form of social media I have, and so I am totally out of the loop on all that stuff, which is probably a good thing. Yeah. Well, now, also, back on this workout thing, the last time I talked to you, I think you guys work out like you get up at 5.30 in the morning to go work out together? Yes, that we try to get up uh, at that time and, and uh, to do it. Now, I will admit, during the, um, during the pandemic, our times have fluctuated a little bit just because schedules have fluctuated, but we're still pretty consistent on, on six days a week. Well, that's impressive. I mean, I, I give I give you credit, but I give her credit for a 15 year old to get up at um, 5:30, quarter to six to go work out with her father is uh, is admirable. It's, it's it's impressive and speaks well of you and her. So congratulations. Thank hey, you. Before we talk about your town, you've got to share with me some of your hobbies. And the one thing I do know, besides you're a Hawkeye fan and sort of a football expert, you uh, you uh, ride your Harley Davidson. You might share with uh, the audience sort of the, how you got into it and some of the trips you've taken both by yourself and with, with your wife. Sure. Uh, yeah, we are avid uh, riders, and, uh, and uh, Stephanie rides with me. She doesn't have her own bike, but uh, I got into, into the Harley-Davidson world, I don't know, close to 20 years ago now, maybe 18 years ago. Because uh, some buddies uh, in, in Eagle Grove, where I was working, had a couple bikes, and so uh, that's how I got into it, and have just found it to be extremely enjoyable. And and um, boy, it just it, it's uh, it really takes the stress away. Uh, we go on some pretty long rides every year. Usually, uh, Stephanie and I will go on a long ride, and then I have a, a um, one of my best friends. He and I will go on what we call an Ironman ride, and so. For example, in 2000, well, early in 2020, he and I uh, rode out to Jackson Hole, Wyoming. We left Humboldt, Iowa at 6 o'clock in the morning and got to Jackson Hole uh, around 11 o'clock that night. It's an iron ride, and, and it's 1,000 miles in less than 24 hours. We're not that aggressive, uh, but we'll still, go, uh, we'll still go pretty far. Her and I rode out to the Smoky Mountains this year out through... Uh, Virginia and West Virginia touched on Maryland and then down south. So, uh, and we try to do one of those every year. So uh, this year, uh, uh, assuming we can travel later in 2021, we're going to head out to. We're hoping to do, head out to California and ride uh, Highway One down the coast and take a look at the redwoods. Well, wow, that's great. Now, again, I I'm not really a rider, but she just sits in the back of the bike and hangs on to dear life, right? Well, it's yeah, kind of, but it's a pretty comfy ride. She's got a big backrest. It's a heated seat. We take lots of stops. It's yeah. it's certainly not as easy as riding in a car, uh, but it's it's not as if it's a small bike either. It's a it's a pretty big bike, and um, you know we put probably ten thousand miles a year on it. Now, do you have like a a radio where you listen to or talk back and forth? How, how do you communicate and stuff? Um, that's I think that's the part she likes the best is she just talks into my ear and I don't really have a way of 
of responding. So I, um, I well, just listen. That's good. Well, yeah. It sounds like a perfect deal. It really is. Yeah. Well, it's, it sounds exciting. I, I sort of wish I had dealt with a hobby like that. It'd be fun to see the country and especially with your wife. It's just an unusual deal for someone like me. So that's great. Well, let's talk about North Liberty. As I, I've mentioned once before, uh, I grew up in Iowa City, and I'm pretty old, so it's been a long time ago. North Liberty was this sleepy town in, in northern Johnson County. It's now become this sort of, I don't know, booming community. Uh, uh, I think your population may be crossing over 20,000 or so. And uh, Tell us some of the things you know, you've developed out there, what's going on about the size of the community, that, that type of thing. Well, I'll tell you, this, this is another reason that it was so attractive to come to North Liberty is because uh, when – when I moved here 13 years ago, I knew there was a lot of potential for growth and and uh, potential to be a part of a, a growing community in Iowa, which there aren't many of. And uh, so we have, as you mentioned there, we, we think that when the census data comes out, we'll be close to 21,000 people. Uh, from a to give you a perspective on that, when I when I arrived in in 2000. Seven, late 2007, we were at about 8,000 people. So we've seen uh, significant growth from a population standpoint, also from a, a, a commercial business uh, standpoint as well. And so some of the projects uh, that we're working on right now uh, from a the public standpoint, we just completed a new police station. Uh, our police department went from a 2,500 square foot facility, which was extremely small and frankly unsafe uh, and inefficient to uh, close to a 17,000 square foot facility. In fact, that's what I'm talking, that's where I'm talking from today is in our, our, new, uh, our new police department. Uh, we've taken on a, uh, several uh, utility expansion uh, projects from, uh, for water and wastewaters uh, so that the, the outline of our community can grow. So. Uh, you'll see some development now closer to I-380 out by Forever Green um, because we're just we're getting close to finishing a sewer project out there that will allow for growth. And then, of course, a lot of people have probably seen uh, the development that's happening out by the new high school. And uh, that's a result, of course, of the high school, but uh, because the city invested upwards of $10 million out there in water, sewer, and roads uh, before the, you know, before the school was constructed. So kind of seeing growth on, on both. Uh, the east and west side right now. Well, great. And you might talk about your staff. I know uh, you're sort of the leader, but uh, I've met some of your people. They're, I mean, they're they're bright and they're hardworking. You might talk about some of those people who have led the church. Absolutely, and I appreciate the opportunity to do that. And it's a it's something I remind our city council of every year as well. But we we have a phenomenal team, and you know the. What you're seeing in terms of, of development and growth in the community isn't the result of of one person in local government or even one person out, you know, in the private sector. It's a combination of uh, uh, hardworking and, and committed people working together. And uh, I, I can say that within every department, whether uh, it's our our manage, manager of the department or the folks working for them, uh, I've just been impressed. Uh, with what I've seen, we have some great dedicated folks, and then even uh, you know when you speaking speaking on the private side, we have some great developers in town who uh, are local folks who are committed to the community, and, and it's all that 
uh, added together that's that's helped us be successful, I believe. Well, it's, it's an impressive story. I think it will continue. Um, you know, one thing I hear about uh, just generally is that the University of Hospitals, uh, I think they own the corner, I think it's 965 and Forever Green Road, and that they, they, and they may be pursuing um, the building of a new uh, some medical offices and services out there. Is that is that is that the story generally? Yeah, uh, it is. And in time, just to correct you, it's Ranshaw Way now. Ranshaw. That's what we've renamed it. So I've seen that sign, Ranshaw Way. It's same as 965, right? It is. Yes. Uh, yeah, we're excited to be working with the university. Uh, they have a couple other smaller uh, facilities in town, but this one. Uh, will truly be a, a, a large uh, um, medical facility that will benefit not only our community uh, but all of the state of Iowa, I believe, for those folks coming in uh, for health care. Uh, and will be a real economic driver uh, for North Liberty and Coralville, for that matter. And, and so we're, we're excited uh, to work with them and, and see that project come together. And it sounds like uh, they could get started on that as early as later next year. Well, that's 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 a rumor, but no, it is exciting. I think it, the hospital has done a great job here, and Suresh, the the leader, has been a remarkable person, and I think he's got vision. I think he's uh, uh, his staff has done a great job too through through the virus situation, and they're and they're doing well. I think so. They need they need they need more space. I'm told. So that's exciting. Uh, also, uh, tell me about Exit 2 is now open and doing well, and uh, are you working on Exit 4 too, about changing that a little bit? Yeah, uh, Exit 2, which is the Forever Green Road exit, uh, has been a operational now for uh, for a little while, and uh, it's, it's worked out really well, I think. Uh, we're seeing quite a bit more traffic uh, using that area, which has taken some pressure off that Penn Street project, or excuse me, that Penn Street intersection. Uh, just further north. And speaking of that, we're working with the DOT right now on upgrading that interchange as well. That's probably four or five years out, uh, but some preliminary design has started, uh, and eventually we'll have uh, two upgraded uh, interchanges uh, at North Liberty. That's not that's how you know you're big time when you have uh, yeah when you have multiple uh, exits off the interstate. So we're uh, we're uh, excited to, to see that come to fruition as well. I just have a general question. I know they're doing that major project at Interstate 80 and 380 and the flyover, all that. I'm, I'm confused by all that. What uh, What's the timetable on that being done, you know? Uh, I don't know the question, the answer to that specifically, other than it's um, it, when uh, I was told it was a like a seven-year project from when it started, so I suspect there's still a couple years left there. Yeah. Uh, but that is that is an impressive project, and and, uh, and you know I think we've all heard that that's that was one of the most, if not the most, dangerous interchange, interstate interchange, uh, in the state. So uh, it'll be nice to to have that cleaned up. No, it's it's exciting just to see it happening. So that's good. Uh, okay, tell me, do you have any hobbies or things you have, any books you've read or movies or, you know, you do besides cheering for the Hawkeyes? Um, you know, I have, uh, I have gotten into, uh, uh, 
doing a lot of projects uh, at home. Like uh, I just recently uh, re put some uh, re re retrimmed a, a room in our home and, and kind of some woodworking things. And uh, that's generally not in my wheelhouse, but thanks to YouTube and uh, uh, some tools I've purchased, I fancy myself into a, a mediocre contractor only at my home. And uh, it's re I really have uh, enjoyed doing some of those things. I'm not sure the end result is maybe what Stephanie would like. Uh, and it takes a heck of a lot longer. And, uh, but it sure is. Uh, it's, it's been enjoyable over this uh, over this um, time we've been, you know, locked up in our homes to to work on some of those things. Uh, again, uh, it's probably more. Uh, I don't know that it's necessarily the quality, uh, but uh, I'm getting some work done. Well, that's impressive. I'm not very handy, but yeah, my friends tell me they also young people watch YouTube and they become, you know, their own little you know handyman. So. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty impressive. I've uh, I've uh, fixed a washing machine, uh, replaced a door, just done a number of things, all with the help of YouTube. Now I'll tell you, YouTube makes it look pretty darn easy. And uh, you know, I had I I called up a contractor buddy of mine uh, when I was struggling with a project, and I said, "Well, I watched it on YouTube." And he, I think his comment was, well, heck, YouTube will make heart surgery look easy. You know, yeah. so it, there's a lot of truth to that. you got to yeah. be careful what you get into be, before you do it. But. Well, great. Well, good. Well, this has been great. Um, it's, uh, it's exciting. You know, I think the future of, of this area, especially in 2021, is very bright with, you know, the virus being maybe under control by mid-year. And I don't know, it's, it's, just, it's just exciting. So. I'm looking forward to keeping uh, your friendship and watching you guys continue to grow and uh, watch your children um, grow also. So anyway, any parting words of wisdom here uh, at the end of the year? Yes, actually. In fact, it's funny you mentioned that I was just um, uh, reading an article and, um, and my wife uh, kind of um, uh, acknowledged it as well because one of the things I have trouble with is is doing nothing and uh, whether I'm at home or at the office I have a list and I've got to it's important for me to get things checked off my list and and um, it was interesting because I read this article and then kind of got a, a, a talking to my by my wife all in the in the same week and the the jest was it's okay to do nothing now I'm not suggesting you do that every day, but every now and again, it's okay to do nothing and uh, set the list aside. And so that going into 2021, that's going to, I'm going to kind of think about that a little bit more and, and realize that, I, you know, my list will be there tomorrow. I think that's, that's great advice, especially at this holiday season too. We all need to slow down, you know, <clears throat> yeah, or enjoy life a little bit. Agreed. Okay, well, thanks a lot. We appreciate it, and we'll keep in touch. All right, thanks, Tom. Tom's New Best Friend is brought to you by West Bank. This Corridor Business Journal podcast is produced by Joe Coffey of Coffee Grande Studios. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at CB Journal. CB Journal.